Nathan and some children are going to bring a shelter's message to us today. Okay, this year we decided to ask some of our kids and sort of test how well I'm doing my job. What do shelters mean to them? When we, I sent them a bunch of questions. These are, these are family units. This is, the Antonu- this is one uh, half of the Antonucci children. This is one half of the Fox children in the middle here. And that is two-fifths of the Pratts. I'm just doing the quick maths. That's right, isn't it? Two-fifths of the Pratt children. There we go. So I've picked the big families. Um, so I gave them some questions. We'll start with you, Josh. Yeah. So the first question I gave them, because not, not all of you know who they are. I mean, I've been using their names, so you might have worked it out by now. But, Josh, can you introduce yourself? So we're looking for things like your name, you know, how old are you, and how long have you been part of uh, New Life? Let's start with that. So my name is Joshua Antonucci. I've, I've um, been at New Life since about... One week old. One week I'm old. There. Yep. <clears throat> um, I'm 11 years old now. Yep. Recently turned 11. It's a fair yeah. stint. Well done. Yep. Yeah. And uh, how long has your family been celebrating shelters? Do you know? Uh, not really. No, a few not years. Really. A few years though. Yeah, quite a few years. Quite a few years. All right, Eden. What's your name? Eden. How old are you, Eden? Eight. And how long have you been in New Life? Since I was zero. Zero. Yep. Is there, there, you'll see a pattern here. All right, Josh, hand it over. And Eden, you hand yours over. And your name is? Judah. Judah. Your name is? Phoebe. I didn't expect an applause. No, not this year. All right. Judah, how old, how old are you, Judah? Nine. And Phoebe, what about you? Seven. Seven. And how long have you been at New Life? Nine years. Nine years, yep. But, Phoebe? but my family has been at New Life for around 17 years. It's been a while. 2007? I went to Bible College in 2007, and then I, I found the foxes. No. I went to Bible College in 2007, and that is where I met then Chloe Stevenson... And Simon Fox. That was about the middle of the year, 2007. All right. Um, and your family's been doing shelters for? Around 11 years. Uh, if he didn't catch that because the microphone was in his lap. He said around 11 <laughs> years. All right? All right? Around 11 years. There we go. Okay, hand the microphones over. Your name is at the back? Maya Rose. And at the front? Marcus. Okay. You are how old? 10 years old. Eight. And how long in New Life? Um, since I was born. Since you're born? Since I was born. Yep. <laughs> we keep them in house. And how long has your family been celebrating shelters? Since I was born. Since you were born. <laughs> since I was born. Since you were born. All right. All right. Seeing as uh, Marcus and Myra Rose, you've got the microphones. Do you, we'll start with you, Myros, do you look forward to the shelters season? Definitely. Okay. Now, just so you all know, the question I gave them was, do you look forward to it? Why or why not? Okay? Because I wanted them to be able to say, I, I, 
In case that was how they felt. Um, Our hope, and I'm sure their parents' hope, is that it wouldn't be like that. But you just never know what you're going to get with kids. So you do enjoy, you do enjoy it. What do you enjoy about it? Mum sets up jars of lollies on the shelf, and when we ask, she says yes. And we invite a lot of people over, and we get to celebrate, and we make a sukkah, and we get to play in there, and sometimes eat in there and pray together. Yep. <coughs> yep, you invited my son over the other day to help set up your family sukkah, and yep. it's good fun. Marcus, what do, you, do you look forward to shelters? Certainly. Certainly. Uh, what do you look forward to? Lollies. Lollies. At least you're honest. Uh, let's have that microphone go to Judah, and this one come all the way over to Eden. Judah, do you look forward to the... Please. Do you look forward to the shelter season? What? Yes. Yes. Okay, very excited. What do you look forward to about it? Uh, everything. Everything. That's a There's, lot of things. Can you give me an example of, say, one or two things that you look forward to uh, that your family does at shelters? We have meals, to, extra special meals together, and we give presents. Yep, presents and meals. Yeah, it's good. Eden, what about you? Do you look forward to the shelter season? Yes, I look forward to shelters because we get to make cubbies and we get presents. We get to pick flowers and decorations. I do not like it because it gets very busy. It gets busy. It can get busy, yes. If you get invited out to a lot of places for various shelters, things, it can be quite a full week in the end. It's a great week of a full tummy, um, but it can be a very full activity week. So I appreciate that. Well done. Um, And you may have picked up that some people are saying we get presents. And part of that is because some people in our community have chosen to make uh, shelters into a really significant time of the year for their children, and they mark that with the giving of gifts. And so it becomes something that their children really look forward to um, because they know that this is, this is a joyous time, a celebration, and there's gift-giving in it to mark it and make it special. Um, for my family, we had a musical shelters this year. You saw my youngest was on the, sitting on the floor. I think he may have been picking his nose at some point. My wife was looking <laughs> repulsed. Um, but he had his ukulele. That was his brand new uh, shelters present. And uh, my daughter got a piano. My son, who was on the drums for a little bit, um, he also got a bass this year. So we decided to mark it that way and encourage them in those, uh, in those ways. Um, let's go. Let's have the microphone come to Josh and let's have that one go to Phoebe. Can you give us a reason for why we, that is why you as your family celebrate shelters or why we as a community, as a church, why do we celebrate? Um, in my point of view, I reckon it's because like um, we are celebrating the um, coming return of Jesus. We're keeping hope for um, him and, um, and yeah. Yeah, great. Phoebe, what about you? What, why, do you th- why do we celebrate it? Why does your family celebrate it? Why does our church celebrate it? Do you know? Because, like it says so in the Bible, and we trust God, and yeah. he says that we need to do it Yeah. in the Bible. You, you may or may not know this, but the Shelters Festival is one of the festivals, or the only one mentioned, that is continued to be celebrated once Jesus returns. It's in the book of Zechariah. And it says that the kings will all gather in the shelters season. So it's going to be celebrated once Jesus gets here. That's fascinating, isn't it? 
It's like, get your practice in now, get it right. All right, uh, let's have Marcus and go back to Judah. So give it to Marcus and go back to Judah. Yep, he's excited. So what, what particular things, Judah, does your, fam- does your family do to celebrate shelters? What are some things that you guys do? We put up decorations and... What kind of like, decorations? Uh, decorations like, that make it look like a tent. A tent inside your house? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yep. So our, our house is the tent. Your house is the tent. Yeah. Yep. Decorations. And why, you may ask? Because... <laughs> Certainly. Why? <laughs> because this age is like a temporary shelter and the age to come is our forever home with Jesus. Right. Well done. Marcus, Woo! what sort of things does your family do? Um, we set up um, a shelter outside, which we've done, and um, inside there's lots of like... Um, like curtains around the roof that makes it look like a re- wedding. Yeah, you guys, because I've been to your place, you guys put up like fairy lights and tulle hanging from the ceiling in your back room there, which is what flows into the patio. So it's sort of an inside-outside room if you've got one of those at your house. Um, and pass it back to Josh. Josh, what, is your, what are the types of things that your family does during shelter season? Um, so we um, help. Celebrating, we get presents as yep. kids. Um, we read the Bible a bit more often. Um, uh, we also build temporary shelters like these little scots inside. Yep. Um, this year we got um, one of those like, garden things. You put in your garden, you know, the vine grows off it. And we pretty like much put a, fairy like a trellis. Like that, like what? Yep, the vine grows on it. Um, we pretty much put fairy lights and um, flowers on it, and it was really good. Yep. Yeah. So do you guys do you guys do like you have people over for dinner or you sometimes go to people's houses for dinner? Does that sort of happen yeah. or a lunch? Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. but because we're trying to move house. <laughs> most, okay. yeah. most years. Yeah. Most years. Because because what we want to what we want to create is what we want to create in our families is that this is a time to gather and to celebrate and you might be able to build some um I don't know how you feel about the word ritual, but you build some ritual into it, some tradition, some practice into it. We invite people over. We light the candles. We pray in a certain way. We sit under the shelter. and we, The idea is that when you're in the shelter, you can actually see up through the roof of it mm-hmm. to the stars. And it's this side. You can, might sit there. You might lie down if it's on grass or if you've got a dog, maybe not. And you, and you, you look up and... You ponder and you meditate upon the faithfulness of God. The God who is the same yesterday, today and forever. The one who led the Israelites through the desert, through the wilderness. Was faithful to provide for them for 40 years. As they ached and longed for their forever home. The land of milk and honey where they can set up their houses. And not have to tear it down in a week or two. And move to the next location. But God was faithful to them there. And we live, this, this, this is temporary. We know this. We know the promise of the Bible for a resurrected body. We know that this is temporary. But it's what we have and we do the best with it. We honor God and we look to his return 
when that day in the twinkling of an eye will all be transformed and changed. I think we're on to the last question. Oh, here we go. This one's for all of you. So uh, let's start at this end and let's have the Antonucci's have the crack first. So pass it this way, Marcus. So I asked them to finish this sentence. Shelters is a time for... Let's see how they go. Eden, shelters is a time for... To remember that God is with us. Yeah, fantastic. Josh, shelters is a time for... Remembering God. Remembering God. And what he's done for us and how he's provided for us. Excellent. Pass the microphones over. Oh, have you got more, Eden? Is there more to your sentence? Okay, Phoebe. Shelters is a time for... It's a time for remembering Jesus. is like his return, and like when he was born. Yeah. Judah, shelters is a time for... Remembering what Jesus has done in the past, being faithful to him in the present, and seeing what he's going to do in the future. Nice. On to my rose. Marcus, shelters is a time for... Um, for Jesus was waiting t- to come back t- for his bride. Yep. My rose. Um, when Jesus led the Israelites out of slavery and um, he told them to make um, suckers to lay down and look at the stars and remember him. Yep. Shelters is a time for remembering God's faithfulness. And to know that he is a God who keeps his promises and his promise is that he's returning. And so we celebrate that faithfulness. And it's a tension between aching and longing for his return and celebrating what he's done and what he's doing in our lives. And so if you feel that tension, if you're like, I want to rejoice in the faithfulness of God, do it. If you feel the tension of, I just want him to come back and maybe... Maybe that song, How Long, is something that you're like, yeah, how long? You look around, you see, it's just not right. Lean into the ache. Because that's also part of this shelter season. Neither of them is wholly right. It's a combination. And maybe this year it's a celebration for you. Maybe last year it was that aching and longing. Lean into what the Lord is speaking to you in this season and say, yes. Yes, God. Can we give these guys a big clap? Well done, guys. Judah's appreciating your attentiveness. Great job. All right. Um, can we get my guys to pull these things off the stage? And uh, we're going to transition. A little bit of a change of topic here. Okay. So do you think Nathan passed his performance evaluation? Keep, keep his job for another, for another year. So, A very special thing we want to do right now is to commission uh, Dr. Barclay Gallagher as the new principal for Fremantle Christian College and those of you are part of this journey that we've been on this year. Once you get the handout, if you turn to page three, I want to read some of the scripture passages that are listed there for you to set the context of of what we're about to do. And the first one is from Matthew chapter 13 and verses 44 to 46. And Jesus is speaking and he's saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. 
In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Then a second parable, he said, was again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. And then a reading from Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 to 14 by the Apostle Paul. Just to set a bit of context, so there's obviously things that precede this part of the, what we're going to read. And Paul's actually recounting how uh, he had come to believe that all the things that he used to hold in the highest regard, all the academic credentials he had, all the accolades of people, he came to see them as nothing compared to Christ. And this is how he continues that conversation. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Great lifestyle. If you are looking to say, what, are you, what kind of life do you want to live? You would not go wrong by saying, I'm going to pick Philippians 3 and those verses and say, I'm going to set my heart to know Christ above all other things. And then on the, the last page, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 7 and 8, and this is from the Message Translation. And again, the writer is saying, he's speaking about leadership and the context of leadership, and he's saying, appreciate your leaders who gave you the word of God. Take a good look at the way they live and let their faithfulness instruct you as well as their truthfulness. There should be a consistency that runs through us all for Jesus Christ doesn't change yesterday, today and tomorrow. He's always totally himself. So important to see that reality. So again, leaders are being, we're being told to, that we should honour leaders we should appreciate the leaders, who are particularly those who are teaching us the word of God. We should have a good look at the way that they live. Their faithfulness should be an instruction to us as well as their truthfulness. And the cons- there should be a consistency that runs through the life, not just of leaders, but of, of us all who claim that we're following Christ. Because Jesus is the same. He's the same today as he was yesterday and he'll be the same tomorrow. That's what they're saying. So that kind of consistency should be evident in the life of anyone who's in the leadership responsibility, uh, but it should be evident in all of us as well. Your life shouldn't be different tomorrow. In, the, in one sense, it, you shouldn't just chop and change. You shouldn't be one thing in this context and a totally different person when you go to work tomorrow. Because Jesus doesn't change. Jesus is in you. The, the, his, his consistency should be evident in all of our lives. I'm going to invite Dr. Gallagher up onto the platform at this point. We're going to go back to the first page. Barclay, come and stand over here, face to face. 
On the front page, we talk about the fact that uh, the church board has, has given instructions in the form of a governance charter to the council of the Fremantle Christian College and listed some primary outcomes. And the first one, the primary, the, the, everything stands and falls on this one, is that we need a competent principal. And the board has said that a competent principal is a Christian leader with the character, competency, relational chemistry, courage and calling essential to advance the Christian mission and educational outcomes of the college. The principal should be a lifelong learner whose life is producing the fruit of the Holy Spirit, evidencing an authentic and growing relationship with Jesus Christ. The principal should be someone who embodies the cry of the Apostle Paul. I want to know Christ and become like him. The principal should integrate New Life Church into the college. And finally, the principal should identify and develop leaders amongst staff and students. And if you turn on to page two, we'll come to the commissioning part right now. Dr. Barclay Gallagher is the principal of Fremantle Christian College. You're required... We've got four things listed here. There's many more things that we could say, but we've, we've kept it as short as we possibly could. Otherwise, we can't get to morning tea, correct? So, number one, you're required to treasure Jesus Christ as your great reward. Secondly, to lead yourself and your family and the college community toward wholehearted love and obedience of God. Thirdly, to lead the staff to function as emissaries of Christ in all that they do and do their work with excellence that always honours God and to educate with an eternal perspective and a biblical worldview, to strengthen a Christ-centred culture and to disciple a Daniel generation. And finally, submit to those in authority over you and exercise the authority delegated to you as a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a servant of Jesus Christ, I embrace the responsibility, authority, and accountability that comes with this appointment. I will serve the vision and mission of the college to raise a Daniel generation who are excellent in all aspects of learning and are growing in faith, character, and courage. Amen. Okay. I'm going to ask uh, Jeanette. I believe you're coming to join us up here, Jeanette. Barclay's wife, I'll take the microphone back. And also the executive leadership team members who are here this morning are going to come up. And we're just going to, we are going to pray for Barclay and Jeanette. And I'm going to ask everybody else to stand for this prayer, please. You pray with me. Father, this isn't an accident. This is your will, your purpose, your direction. When you knew that we needed a new principle, you were already preparing Barclay and Jeanette for this role. You were already preparing them to move from one side of the country to anywhere in the world. Their hearts were open to go wherever you wanted to send them. And we stand here today by your grace and your direction that our need and their need have come together in this moment. Father, as Barclay takes up these responsibilities and officially begins the work as principal tomorrow, we're asking you to strengthen him in the core of his being and to give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that he continues to grow in the knowledge of God 
that he will have all the discernment he needs for everything that this role requires. All the different moving parts of the responsibility of being the principal. Let your grace empower him each and every day. Father, we also ask for your blessing upon him and Janet as husband and wife and upon them as parents of Caleb, Enoch and Faith. And God, our prayer is that you will take the root system of their lives deeper into the soil of your marvellous love, that they would experience the love of God in all its vastness, Lord. It's, it's beyond anything that we could comprehend, but Father, we're simply saying, Lord, give them as a family that reality. Immerse them, God, in your love. As the children begin new school, this new school, your grace upon them as well, your love strengthening them. God, we ask you that you would help them quickly form friendships and relationships. Father, and I'm praying that you would give them the kind of friends that Daniel had in his three friends, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. God, that you would give Caleb, Enoch, and Faith Friends like them who will stand together in the face of incredible opposition and persecution and death threats and they refuse to bow down to any other God except you alone, Lord. Put them in a company of friends like that and strengthen all of us. So, Father, on this day, this set-apart day, where we are remembering you with us and the journey that we're on, we thank you that the journey of the Gallagher family and New Life Church and Fremantle Christian College are joined in this moment by your grace. We bless this family in your name, Father, Son and Spirit. Amen.